Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. I'm really excited this morning to begin a series that we want to do for the next few weeks. And the topic, the title of what we want to do is The Schemes of the Devil. We really felt in our heart uh, that this is something the Lord wants us to learn about in this season. We live in a physical world which is greatly influenced by both natural and supernatural invisible realities. There are so many things that we don't see that actually affect the world that we live in. And some of that is natural, but a lot of that is in the spiritual realm. And one of those spiritual realities is that there is a very real battle between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And we are right in the middle of this battle. We are in a real battle and we have a real enemy. Now in any battle, the key to winning is to know yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, and also to know your enemy. Any battle where the enemy is underestimated is bound to be lost. C.S. Lewis, the great author, said that there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall. One is to believe in disbelieve in the existence of devils, and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. The enemy either convinces us that he does not exist, or even if he does, that he is not powerful enough for us. Or the other extreme is to make us believe that he is so powerful that we need to be afraid of him. We need to know that he is not just this harmless cartoon character wearing a red suit and holding a pitched fork. He is bigger than that. But yet we must also know that he is not too big that we cannot overcome. To understand how to do battle with the enemy, we first need to know who he is and what he's like. Now, his given name in the Bible is called Lucifer, which means the shining one. He's, he is called the light bearer. He is supposed to be full of wisdom and perfect in his beauty. In Isaiah chapter 14 and verses 12, God's word speaks like this of Lucifer. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. And in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verses 12, the prophet speaks to the king of Tyre and says to him, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden. So we know here that he's not talking about the king of Tyre because he was not in Eden. He's talking about the power that worked, the spirit that worked behind the king of Tyre. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and your pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created 
till iniquity was found in you who was he lucifer was an archangel he was in the garden of eden and he lived in heaven it says that he was covered with precious stones can you imagine what he would have been like every precious stone was set to just cover him and he was so beautiful to look at music was a very important part of him it says his tabrets and the instruments were in him on the day that he was created and he was anointed he had access to god's holy mountain he walked to and fro on the stones of fire so he was great in power he was great in wisdom he was great in beauty till the day that his heart got lifted up and he desired to exalt his throne to the, above the throne of god he wanted to exalt himself and make himself bigger than who god was and when he was found with sin inside his heart the word of god says that he was cast out of heaven and out of the presence of god and he is now the 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 enemy of god and all that is good he took a third of heaven's angels along with him in his journey when he left heaven but apart from his name lucifer or shining one or light bearer he has some other names which are his business names these are the names in which he operates one of them is satan or adversary or opponent it's this is like an opponent in a court of law he is the prosecuting attorney he is the one that is standing always to accuse us in the presence of god first peter 5:8 tells us that your adversary is like a roaring lion he's always looking for someone to devour he's always looking for a case to put on you in the presence of heaven another name that he's called by is the devil or diabolos which means the slanderer he's always slandering us accusing us bringing all kinds of allegations against us in the presence of god in revelation 12:10 he's called the accuser of the brethren who accuses us before god day and night another name that the enemy is called by is abaddon in the hebrew which is apollyon in the greek and this word means the destroying angel he is a destroyer and destroys everything that he lays his hands on he is also called belzebub or the prince of the demons the prince of the of the flies it's called in matthew 10 verse 25 he is also called a murderer and a liar in john 8:44 in john 10:10 10, jesus calls him the thief who comes to steal so in revelation 12 and verses 9 he's called the deceiver the great dragon the serpent of old the devil and satan He is also the prince of this world. In John 12:31, Jesus calls says the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. He he rules this earth today because man has given over authority of the earth into his hands. Now his names don't just identify him, they also identify the spirit with which he operates. Through his names we can understand how he operates and what he does. He is an enemy of God and of all that is good. He is a hater of all truth and he is filled with envy and revenge and jealousy. What is his job? What is his occupation? In 1 John 3:8 it says that Jesus the son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And John 10:10 10, 10, Jesus tells us the thief comes to steal, 
to kill and to destroy. That's his job. His only preoccupation is steal, kill or destroy. He hates us because we are created in the image of God and he will do everything to destroy us and avenge God of everything that he has lost. What is his kingdom like? In Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 12, Paul tells us we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. Your enemy is not the people you see around you. It is not your your spouse or your boss or your in-laws or your family or your friends. It is not those people that you think were trying to destroy you. There is another power operating in the lives of people that is that the word of God calls principalities, powers, rulers, and spiritual forces of wickedness. These are our real enemies. If we don't identify the real enemy, we fail in the battle. Though this enemy is powerful, he has some limitations. He is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. In Job in chapter 1, verses 6 to 12, we see that the, the enemy presents himself along with the sons of God before God to report what he has been doing. And God asks him, where have you been, Satan? And he says, I've been going to and fro in the earth and I've been looking for whom I can take advantage of. So he cannot be everywhere at the same time like God. He is not omniscient. He cannot read your mind. Neither does he know your future or your destiny. He can only read you through your expressions through your words through your actions and your decisions but he cannot tell what's happening inside your mind he cannot know what's in your heart and he cannot decide your future only you can do that he is also not omnipotent he's not all-powerful he is powerful but he's not all-powerful greater is the one who lives in us than the one who is in the world so he is limited by his scheming ways, he's limited in his power, he's limited in his influence. Before we go on to learn about his ways, I want to talk about his defeat. Because we need to know that we are not fighting from, for a place of victory. We are fighting from a place of victory. We already have the victory in Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15 tells us that Jesus wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way. He nailed it to the cross. And having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, in the cross. At the cross, Jesus disarmed. He took away the weapons of the enemy and he made a public spectacle. He showed everyone that the enemy has lost his power and that he is defeated. We need to know that truth as we battle this enemy, that in the cross, Jesus has defeated him once and for all, but he does not give up. With his weapons lost, he still has his strategies and his wiles. And most of that is through the power of his lies. And so now as we look at the schemes of the devil, I want us to know that his schemes and his strategies uh, are very real 
And in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 and 11, the word of God says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles is a word in Greek called methodia. And methodia means scheming, craftiness, deceit, methods of deceit, deceitfulness. And as we study him, we are not studying him to glorify him, but we are studying his schemes so that we will not be unaware. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 10 and 11, Paul tells the Corinthian church, I don't want you to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he take an advantage of you. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So if we are ignorant, if we are unaware of the schemes of the devil, he will take advantage of us because he is a schemer, he is crafty, and he is looking for those who are ignorant, those who are unaware, so that he can take advantage of our weak moments and get his get an advantage in our lives. Our chief enemy does not engage us in open warfare, but he deals in wiles and stratagems which need to be watched for and pre prepared against with peculiar care. So then what are his scheming ways? We're going to look at some of the ways that he, he gets an advantage of us. He is a deceiver. He is a tempter, he is an accuser, and he is a destroyer. Today we're just going to focus on this one aspect of Satan's schemes, and that is his deception. He is a deceiver and he is a liar. John 8 verses 44, Jesus tells us that he was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources because he is a liar and the father of it. He knows that God is truth and he knows the power of God's truth and God's righteousness. If he has to get an advantage of us by playing fair, he knows he doesn't stand a chance. The only way he can get a hold in our lives is by lies and he is the father of lies. He sows the seed of lies into our lives that bring out a great harvest. He will lie to each one differently according to what he has scrutinized in us. He has studied us to know our strengths and our weaknesses. And he will create a unique lie just for you. Because he knows and he can bring out any lie that he wants. What kind of lies does he say? Firstly, he will lie to you about the true nature of God, just like he did with Eve. He knew what God had told Eve, but he went to her and said, Did God really say that? Are you sure you heard it correctly? And do you know why he said that? Do you know why he told you not to eat just that one fruit? Do you know it's actually going to open your eyes and you will become like God? He sowed seeds of doubt of the nature of God into Eve's heart which made her disobey the word of God. He will distort the nature of God to us. Does God really care? Is he really listening to your prayers? Does he really love you? If he loved you, would all these things happen to you? Would he allow things to get so bad? Is this a God who cares? Is this a good God? 
Is he really merciful? Is he really forgiving? Is he really kind? Is he even interested in what is happening in your life? He will lie to you about your identity. This is who you are. You are a failure. You're useless. You're good for nothing. And you will never change. Do you, do you really think that what God did in your life has any effect? You've been like this. You've been like this for generations. And you will continue to be like this. This runs in your family. He will lie to you about the situation you're in. It's a mess. It's hopeless. God didn't come through. Everyone is against you. Nobody cares about you. Everyone is, is trying to destroy you. Stay away from everyone. Isolate yourself. Don't go near those people that think they're trying to help you. Or fight back. Don't forgive. Don't let go. Keep the revenge. These are lies about your situation. He will lie to you about sin and its consequences. You're that way. That's why you keep doing that. It's in your blood. You can't overcome. It's more powerful than you. Or nothing will happen with a little sin once in a while. Everyone has their vices. You should do what is good for you. You deserve it. You've been working so hard. You need this break. And you're not hurting anybody. God understands. Everyone is doing it. Life is short. Live for today. We will look at the consequences later. He will lie to you about your situation and, your, and the sin that he wants to lure you into. He will lie to you about your destiny, about your ministry, about your calling. Do you really think God has a good plan for your future? Do you really think there's a calling waiting for you? He wants you to give up on your life, on your marriage. He wants you to give up on your children, on your ministry and on your destiny. He lies to us about eternity. Don't think of eternity now. Eternity is a long way off. Jesus is not coming back soon. Live today and enjoy your days. You have lots of time to prepare for eternity. And if God is really such a loving God, is he going to judge you the way that you? he says he will? He is a liar and he is the father of lies. What does he want to accomplish through these lies? He wants to create a deception in our mind. He wants to deceive us and he wants to put fear and sin into our lives. He wants to isolate us so that we stay away from the family of God. We stay away from people who can help us. He wants to discourage us. He wants to take us into depression. He wants to make us disobey God through these lies. He wants to deceive us into disobedience so that we will do everything that God has told us specifically not to do. And finally, he wants to make sure that we never fulfill our potential in Christ. We never fulfill the plans that God has for us. Through his deceptions, he creates for himself a fortress in our lives. We are in a battle and we need to recognize it. We don't fight flesh and blood, so we cannot use earthly weapons. They will fail. The armor of God is your defense. God has given us an armor to stand against the wiles of the devil. And other than this armor, there is no other defense that we can use. We cannot go in with our own armor. We cannot fight him with our own weapons. We are bound to fail. God's word commands us that after doing everything, we need to take the armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. 
there is a posture that God's word tells us that we need to hold on in the battle. We are not meant to run away from the battlefield. We are not meant to fall down and give up. But he wants us to withstand, withstand against the, the, the wiles of the devil, withstand in the evil day. And after doing everything, after winning your victory, the Lord says, keep standing. Because the enemy looks for an opportune moment in your, in our lives to come back with another attack. And we, he, God wants us to always remain standing with the armor of God. So then what is this armor of God? I know most of us are familiar with the pieces of the armor. Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 14 onwards. Paul tells the Ephesian church, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it's not over praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful until the end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. The first piece of the armor is the belt of truth. If we have to stand against the wiles of the deceiver, we must put on the belt of truth. A belt in the armor keeps everything together. It helps with stability in the battlefield. The belt of truth is, is what keeps us standing. It's what keeps everything together when we're in the battle. What is truth? The word of the Lord is the eternal truth. John 17, 17, Jesus prays, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It's not just knowing or memorizing scripture that is putting on the belt. It is believing it, applying it, and standing in that truth, knowing that this is the reality. This is the truth that stands forever. And I reject everything that is not according to this truth because that is a lie. The belt also holds the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Without the belt, we cannot keep the sword. The sword has no place to rest. Imagine a soldier in a battlefield without a belt and without a sword. That is how most of the church is in the battle. And we wonder why the enemy is getting the advantage over us. In John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus tells the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you think you have been believing and have been deceived by the lies of the devil, can we look if we have our belts on? Can we look at how much of the sword of the Spirit are we using? Or are we just receiving and living lives under the lies of the enemy? Who is talking more to you? Is it the Holy Spirit with the truth of God's word? Or is it the lies of the enemy? Some of us listen to the enemy all the time. But we need to do some talking back to him too with the word of God. In the book of Revelations chapter 1 verses 14 and verses 6 to 16, Jesus is described in his glory. 
and it says that out of his mouth comes a sharp double-edged sword which is his word. His word is so powerful, powerful enough to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, every single time all he used against the enemy was what was written. What was written silenced every temptation that the enemy brought. So the word of God is powerful and we must fill our lives with what God's word has to say about our situation. Do you know what is written in the word of God about your situation right now? Do you know what God's word has to say against the lies the enemy has been telling you? Is the word talking or is only the devil talking? When he lies to us about God, what is the truth that you need to know about God from his word? We need to know that God is good and all that he does is good. God loves me so much that he gave his only begotten son. And I know that because I believe in him, I have eternal life. I know that God is just and God is merciful and God is kind. I know that God has good plans for me, not to destroy me, but to make me prosper, to give me a hope and to give me a future. If your thoughts about God are distorted by the enemy, you need to pull up your belt of truth and you need to get the right ideas, the right thoughts about the nature of God. If he is lying to you about your identity, you need to tighten that belt of truth. You need to pull out the sword of the spirit and tell him who you really are. I am not a failure. I am more than a conqueror through him who has loved me. My past is forgiven and I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have today become new. I am no longer a slave to fear and to sin. I am adopted into the family of God as his child. I am an heir of God and I am a co-heir with Christ Jesus. I am seated with him in heavenly places, far above all principality and all power. And that includes you, devil. I am with Christ and I am not underneath my circumstance. When he lies to you about your situations and tells you nobody loves you, nobody cares for you. Look, they haven't called. They're not even interested. Tell him, if God is for me, who can be against me? I choose to love those who hate me. I choose to bless those who curse me and pray for those who persecute me. He wants to entrap us by deceiving us about our situations. I will not isolate myself from the household of God so that you can destroy me. But I will stay in fellowship and I will stay connected to God's family. My, where I am today is not because of what they have done or what they have done. I believe that God alone is in control of my life and I have no other enemy except the enemy of my king. Amen. We need to know the truth. We need to see it as it is. My situation is not hopeless. I have a hope and I have a future. My God is on the throne and he has seen my end from my beginning. We need to know the truth about our situation. I know many of you may be struggling with your thoughts and about where you are right now. And I know maybe you have, you've been trying and I don't want to underestimate the efforts that you've been putting. And I want to encourage you that to not give up. 
that the enemy is a liar and the truth of God will always overcome, that you would keep feeding on the truth of God, keep meditating on the truth of God, keep releasing the truth of God. Truth, His truth will set you free. Your situation is never so bad that God cannot fix it. Amen. The enemy will tell you that it's beyond repair and there's nothing that can be done to fix it. But God's word has said that even there is there is nothing that can separate us, neither death, nor life, nor present, nor future, nor angels, nor demons. Not, there is nothing in all of creation that is powerful enough to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. When he lies to you about your future, remind him of his. Remind him, tell him that every curse over your life has been broken on the cross and your future is blessed. You are blessed with the blessings of Abraham. You're going out and you're coming in are blessed. Your store and your basket is blessed. You will live a long life for everyone whom the enemy is lying to and saying, I will cut short your years. Tell him, I will live a long life. I will see the salvation of God. I will enjoy good days in the years to come. Until my old age and my gray hairs, the Lord will carry me. Amen. It is the Lord's blessing of a long life. But the enemy wants to deceive us. He wants to tell us that there is no future, that there is no hope. If you are battling hopelessness, let me just speak the hope of God into your life. Know and understand. Let the lies of the enemy be exposed. As, as you see that your enemy is not just your situation, not even yourself. He lie, his lies have power only when we believe in them. The power of truth breaks and destroys the power of the lie. Don't allow Satan to lie to you anymore. Feed yourself with the truth of God's word. Don't be unaware of his schemes and ignorant of his devices. Instead, be on your guard. 1 Peter 5.8 reminds us, be alert, be watchful, be vigilant because your adversary is like a roaring lion looking for whom he can devour. Can we just pray at this time? And I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to expose, to just see, to not be ignorant, to be aware of the schemes that the enemy has been using in our lives to destroy us, and to make us paralyzed in our service to God. He doesn't care if you come to church. He doesn't care even if you're watching the service online. He's not intimidated. But he does care if you start to be the church. If you start to rise up in the truth of God. And you expose and break the power of his lies. Now that's when he gets bothered. He's not, he's not moved by just our attending church. He doesn't want us to be the church. Shall we just pray? And I want to pray over everyone that is watching right now or has been listening to this. Just know that you have a real enemy, but you are more powerful than this enemy because greater is the one that is in you than the one who is in the world. And right now, I just want to pray and break the power of the lies and the deception in your life. And I want to pray and release the truth of God's word into your life. Many of you have, have separated yourselves from, from fellowship, from people, because you've been offended. Offense is one of his biggest, biggest lies, biggest traps that he is, he lays for the church. 
the Lord would tell you that he loves you, he is for you and he's not against you. And he would encourage you and you will walk in the truth of his word. Every lie about your situation right now, just see the truth that God is in control and God can turn and change your situation around. Every lie about the nature of God, many of us doubt, does God really love me? Is he really going to come through? Is he going to break through? We want to break those lies in the name of Jesus. And we want to release the truth that God loves you. God is for you. God has a good plan for your life. He's not against you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. For those of you who are battling with thoughts about your destiny, your ministry, your calling, you feel it's, it's all over and it's lost. The Holy Spirit would remind you and tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. For those of you who want to give up on life itself, the lies of the enemy, I just break that power in the name of Jesus. Every lie that says there is no hope, every lie that says that your future is not going to change, I break the power of that lie in the name of Jesus. And I want to declare over every person watching, I release hope and I release joy and I release, Lord, the, the, the hope for for a new tomorrow, because you are with us. When God is with us, there is always hope. There is always hope. There is always hope. For those of you whom the enemy has lied and lured into sin or a lifestyle of sin, the Holy Spirit wants you to, to break away from that. He is deceiving you. He's deceiving you to keep a part of your life secret. Keep it in the darkness. Don't bring it into the light so that he can continue to exercise his power over you. But you can be free if you will come into the light, if you will walk in the truth of God, and if you will repent, his word says, he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is a God of truth. Amen. And I just release the truth of God, the truth of God. Truth shines like a bright light in the midst of darkness. Lord, I pray you break the lies of the enemy over our lives. Break the strongholds, break his deception. A fortress of lies he tries to build around us and he tries to imprison us inside those lies and those deception so that we never get out into freedom. Today the Lord wants to set us free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Lord, let, let freedom be released by the power of the Holy Spirit against every scheme, every scheme every strategy, every lie, and every deception. Father, we thank you for what you have begun to do in our lives in these weeks, Lord. We pray that week after week, you will expose the works of the enemy and we will walk into a greater level of freedom than we have before. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.